to the Let's Talk Autism podcast with me, Michelle Davey, and this is my co-host. Hello, everyone. It is Christelle. Hello, Christelle. Hello, my darling. We're back for the third week running because that's how we roll. We're back into the swing and into the flow. Yes, we are so reliable, so consistent, so everything. Yes. Do you like how what I'm doing, because I'm a poet, don't you know it? is yes. I'm turning our little intro into a metaphoric symbol of what oh. our podcast is about today. So I've spoke about flow, you spoke about regularity, you spoke about... Oh, why? Uh, I was no. about to say, whatever do you mean, but okay, I'm with you now. You're getting with it now, you're getting yeah. with the programme. Because we today are talking about the menstrual flow and the regularities of your monthly menstrual cycle. Oh my gosh, is this a no boys allowed zone or... Is everybody welcome? Of course not. Everybody's welcome because I feel, and you feel, and we all feel, I'm telling you what we feel, is that we all, <laughs> we are all, we're all in this together. Um, and we are, <clears throat> hashtag High School Musical, we are, yeah, I think everyone needs to learn about all of this. Do you, Chris? We do, yeah. Yeah, I do think so. Um, no point of just girls learning about it. No, and yeah. today I'm really, really excited and happy because we've got Sez. We love Sez, don't we? We love um, Sez. Sez is back and we've got a new guest. Bow, bow, bow. We have got Erin. Erin is coming on. Erin Berry is coming to join us to talk about puberty, but specifically menstruation. So yeah. I am intrigued to hear about this, actually, Christelle, because yeah. this, is, this is a fundamental part of growing up. For us girls, uh, for us, Chris, you know, it was a big deal in our lives. It, so, yeah, you know. still is. It still is until we get to the menopause stage. <laughs> no, yeah, don't depress me with that. I know it's coming for you. No, not yet. <laughs> and I've actually had to just had to teach this at school, um, mm. which never really bothers me to be honest, teaching this, but it's always it always reminds me of those those fears and the anxieties that you have at that age. And then I just think, actually, you know, going through puberty, if you're neurotypical, is really confusing enough. Yeah. But if you are then, you know, you are, you have additional needs. Yeah. And, what, you know, what's and out there sensory, sensory issues and stuff like that, it must be even more like crazy than it is already. Yeah, exactly. There's like, there's so much more, isn't there, going mm-hmm. on. And, and also, what support are we given you know children yeah. that have additional needs in the schools mm. in mainstream schooling so really let's find out to hear yeah. yeah let's 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 bring on stop the talking girls. stop talking let's... hello and welcome to the let's talk autism podcast we are super excited because we've got an all-girl group here a girl Ooh. gang we might as well be the spice girls i was it's just about Christelle. to say that <laughs> hey spice up your life We've got Sez. Hello. And we've got Erin. Oh. AKA Erry Berry. Erry Berry. I've got him right, haven't I, Erry Berry? Good, good, good. This is exciting. And I'm glad. I'm so glad that you guys have come on to speak to us. Sez, you have been on before, and we love, love having you on the Let's Talk Autism podcast. And welcome, new guest alert. to Erin we're really really super excited to have you too because today we're going to be talking about we don't like to shy away from any topic on the no, Let's no, Talk no. Autism podcast we don't at all and puberty is something that we spoke about before with Mr Black do you remember Christelle? Oh, yeah. Christelle's looking Mr. vague Mr Black 
<laughs> who was a <laughs> who was a parent of autistic and ADHD children. But as obviously that was one of our very first episodes, and we really, really want to, and we saw that you were talking about this, says is talk about puberty and especially menstruation, because this is one of the biggest changes our bodies go through if you're a woman (laughs) and (laughs) you know it's definitely something that that needs to be spoke about so girls I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you I'm gonna stop talking now and yeah give us your thoughts (laughs) (laughs) oh this is so crazy though because I know that the way you said it Mish um I mean I did upload a video about it on my YouTube channel about like four years ago it's the highest one I ever got on my channel the highest video today which I'm still so alarmed by and I thought how on earth did it happen (laughs) But people I, I need think, to know about this that's why yeah but I think it's just quite different really but it's in the personal perspective um of what every girl goes through really and I do apologize if I got a sore throat I've just been through COVID so oh, if apologize. I sound hoarse, I'm so sorry you're fine husky remember says we're husky husky, husky it can sa- <laughs> it's husky can sound pretty sexy sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in the most un- keep- unsexy topic of menstruation yeah, yeah let's keep it pg <laughs> <laughs> oh dear but says can i ask you where did you have the chat the talk with your mom before you hit puberty and found out about certain things or was it just like you just find out like i did my mom didn't tell me anything just mm. one day it happened and i was like i'm dying <laughs> Well, is that how is that what happened? Yeah, I was. I, I'll never forget. I was literally playing in summer during some holidays. Then I just felt something. I run. I ran inside. I thought, oh my god, like what is going on? And I'd start my period, and I was literally sobbing in the, in, in the toilet. Cause I'd never heard of it. And I thought, I, I thought I did think I was dying. And my mum was like, oh. "You're just on your period." <laughs> <laughs> City girl. Oh, that, that was a bit bit more opposite compared to mine I don't know I, I mean jumping on the uh question Christelle um I don't really remember having the talk with my mum about it but what I do remember is that um I was fully prepared because um at my secondary school um I was in mainstream but we had a special educational needs department I know that um, it was a little bit tricky towards it, but the one thing I'm so grateful for was they prepared me a little bit more on how to prepare for when my period comes. So they gave me like sessions of like, um, okay, uh, we'll show you how to put a period pad on. We'll teach you how to use the toilet, do this, this and the other. But I was just so grateful for that really, because I thought it was really super helpful and it was easy for me to understand. And it, it was just something that it was really, really good and then I think I learned about like um, periods and puberty through books as well really but I'm so annoyed because the one book that I used to read as the holy bible I got rid of it but I remember the name it was um what was it called um I think I know I pronounced it right us born facts of life growing up about adolescence body changes and sex I mean it is an old-fashioned book but I would highly recommend it. I really would, especially if you're going through like different stages. Yeah, thank you, says. And so, Erin, um, was it the same for for you uh, growing up? Well, I remember it was way before puberty even kicked in that, um, and it came about of all things through religion. Um, I went to a Catholic school, and of course, all the prayers and all the hymns were talking about the Virgin Mary. 
And I asked my mum when I was seven years old, I said, what is a virgin? And she told me, now my mum, bit of context, she, um, I was adopted and my adoptive mother was in her 50s when she adopted me, so she was much older. She told me in very uh, technical terms what that was. And then she went from there through to STDs, HIV, cervical cancer. Um, she, she would use the formal terminology. It wasn't sex, it was sexual intercourse and all of that. And I was seven. I didn't know any of that. And I was just sat there like, I just asked you one question and you've given me all this. But one thing she didn't mention mm-hmm. was periods. She didn't mention them. She did mention them, but from my sister casually mentioning it in the car when we were driving home from her school and she said oh yeah yeah you'll get them you'll bleed you know she sort of brushed off like it was nothing and I'm like what and I think I was nine at that point the way it was put to me is if it's going to be a life-altering situation and to be honest with you I mean now I know that I'm on the spectrum I can understand a little bit more why it was life-altering for me yeah how did that feel like because obviously we're just talking about periods and, you know, it's like for us it's happened and, you know, we just go on with it. But how did it affect you? Physically, it, it made me feel like I had to hold on to things as I was walking. I actually felt different and I could I could feel my it's weird. It's like I could feel my body changing and I knew that something was going on. I could feel the pain. I was very much aware of the pad. I was very much aware of it happening. I was paranoid about leaking. It was there all the time. But then there was a part of me that thinks I'm becoming a woman. But if this is what is becoming a woman, then I don't want it. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, says and Erin, like, you know, we've spoke about this at length and Christelle and I both have autistic children of our own. It's sensory, the sensory processing and, you know, sensory wise, as a neurotypical woman, you know, <laughs> It's, it's never a comfortable experience, even at the age of 36. Um, you know, it's it's never, never something you think, oh, yay, <laughs> look what's arrived, you know. So <laughs> how how is that sensory-wise as, a, you know, and I know there's all different variations of sensory seekers, isn't there, and sensory, sensory avoidance. How was that at this time in your lives and now even? Uh, well actually um, now it's it's gone through a lot of changes but I actually haven't had a period for about eight months because I'm on the mini pill and um, I've been on the pill for about 15 months to stop my periods because they were so heavy that I was becoming severely anemic and um, there was one video I did on my main channel where I talked about a very very bad experience where I literally flooded in the middle of town and it was awful. It was absolutely awful. And I talked about it candidly on my, in my video. I didn't hold anything back because this is exactly what we women have to go through. And men don't always like to talk about it. And I say to them, well, it's not exactly nice for us either. We're the ones who have to go through it. Do you think we like talking about bleeding from our vaginas? No, we don't. But we have to talk about it because it happens to us. And it's yes, it's for, it's essential for reproduction. But there's so many complications. There's the pain there's the having to keep it off our clothes it's all of that and then I don't know about anybody else but I sometimes feel sick I get headaches I get temperature all of that so many things can happen the mood swings are just 
horrific sometimes. Yeah, that's what I was going to touch on because obviously, like you said, it comes with a whole bunch of stuff that you maybe were not prepared for. Mm-hmm. So it says, you know, think, how did you feel? Did you get sick or did you have like extreme period pains or was it just a breeze? Well, this is really interesting because I know that with my periods, oh, it's really, really uh, annoying because when I first started, I started a little bit later than you, Erin, I was 11. And uh, I remember that I had a really bad stomach ache and I had to be sick off school. And I didn't really know about this until later, but I think um, having gone through lots of medical knowledge because my mum is, well, she used to be a nurse and um, I had a look at it, but I can never pronounce this word, but I self-diagnosed her with a condition called uh, endometriosis. I think that's how you pronounce it, but I really cannot remember. It's a complicated word, but it's it like it, it's a condition where the tissue in the vagina is like so thin when you have your period it hurts like hell and i think it's something that i went through but also i think it was a genetical condition as well i think so i i had like loads of different reasons really i mean uh sometimes i'll be sick sometimes i'll get headache but i would get really really annoyed especially with my new job now because i am a swimming assistant at my local sports center and i always get annoyed that on the day that I'm supposed to go in the pool when my period starts I'm like seriously really now's the time to have it's it it's always the case it's always the case I know it's so annoying <laughs> but it's just really complicated and you can't really skip off work really because I get ill so easily I cannot afford to skip off work really so I always try different like medications to help and like some of them work okay sometimes some of them not but I'm seeing that if there are future options I would even like when I was on contraception I couldn't really feel that because I I mean, because of my epilepsy, I cannot go on most uh, contraceptive methods, really. I can only go down to three. And it was really, really hard, really, especially with one, with like the, uh, what, what do you call it? The implant, the implant. When you put it on, like on the implant, I just bled every single day like i was on period like 24 7 constantly until i had it out and i thought oh god that was such a nightmare i would never recommend the implant to be honest but um it is really really scary to actually go through something like this even if you were self-diagnosed it's really hard and you just got circling questions in your head and it is stressful so do you feel like when you were teenagers and going through this was this do you feel you were prepared? And I know that's a funny thing to say because I don't think any of us are prepared, really, are we? But do you, looking back now, and Erin, um, were you diagnosed as an adult or as a child? Um, as an adult. Yeah, so just thinking now as well with Erin, when you look back and you think, ah, you know, certain ways maybe things that have gone in your life, when you think back to when you started menstruation, do you, does that now add up? <laughs> do you yes. Things that kind of click into place. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, sorry if I um if I confused anyone earlier. I actually started my periods at twelve. Um, I was nine when I found out, but I was twelve when I started, and um, it does make sense now, particularly how I felt like um I could physically feel the changes, and I was hyper aware of everything. I was paranoid all the time that if I could feel anything that was wet, I'm like, oh my God, I'm leaking. And that played into it 
it didn't help that my mum thought that the cheapest pads you could get at the time from Safeway were as good as the top brand ones. And when I discovered wings on pads, I was like, I ain't going back. So that actually really helped. The better the product I found for me, the more comfortable I felt psychologically, if anything. And I also changed the type of underwear I wore. I switched from skirt to trousers at school, even though my mum didn't want me to. So I tried to do things looking back now. I was not self-soothing, but I was trying to find workarounds to take away that or to mitigate that hypersensitivity to what was going on and to take yeah. away some of the worries that were occupying my mind. Yeah, Roger. that's really interesting, Erin. And then you just touched on products. Now, um, as I'm a teacher, if you didn't know, we, I actually had to teach um, SRE, so Sex Relationship Education. And I got speaking to one of the teacher assistants and we was talking about the different products and we actually have to hand out the products and then the children get to something we didn't do in a Catholic school (laughs) and actually get to like have a little look pads on heads and everything I do have control of my class anybody's listening um but when I was talking in the staff room afterwards and somebody said to me that for their autistic child that they use um like the sort of environmental friendly sort of the knickers and the pads that are rewashable and reusable I don't know if you've heard of these and Basically, they just need washing out and then um, rather than the disposable ones. And it really helps sensory wise for their child because you haven't got like that sort of scratchy feeling and the noise and you also that they're so absorbent. And I just wondered if you'd come across these and and the faults. And can I I also add to that question, hey, sorry, in terms of products, how did you kind of choose which products you would want to use in terms of you've got pads you've got tampons you know I know for me first time I tried a tampon I was like oh my gosh this is traumatic but now I'd never go back and I know some people are like oh no I can't use tampons how did you decide in terms of especially like how it felt you know on your body if that makes any sense want to go first so interesting though because I know that when I like open uh, when I open up to products I have a friend who's also a nurse because I always jump on to her for advice anything to do with periods because she I I, she's really a big expert on that since with her training and she's uh chatted to me about menstrual cups which it can use I never use them but apparently they're supposed to be good so one day if I'm brave enough I'm gonna try it the pads are a lifesaver I really love them and then also recently I started wearing period pants and the again these are lifesavers the only problem was it was the lasticated waist around the hips because I I think I've got very chunky hips and I mean I uh, body shame myself really but I think I've got chunky hips so sometimes it closes off sometimes it's all right but in the heat it gets a bit worse but don't get me started on tampons. I hate them. The first time I tried them wasn't happening. And then I have tried them a few times, especially when I've done my swimming. And the last time I did, I absolutely uh, felt so uncomfortable. I swam for about 15 minutes in the swimming pool. And when I came out, I literally waddled like a penguin back into the changing room. (laughs) You can imagine like waddle, waddle, waddle like a penguin. And I thought, that's it. I'm not wearing a tampon again. <laughs> gotcha. I, I know the uh, the ones you're talking about, the uh, the they're bamboo or whatever they call them. Um, um, I did think about it and the wife bought some and she said, I'll try one of these. And I went, nope. It was like wearing a flannel. No, 
not doing it. So to me, I the ones I use um, after going through quite a few is, um, oh God, how old was I? I was about 13 and my mum said she always bought me the just the ones that had the little strip at the bottom, the sort of stick in your knickers one from a Safeway. But then one day she ran out and then from behind the cabinet, we found one with wings that had been sitting there for a while. So I tried it and it was ultra thin and it wasn't terribly comfortable, but oh my God, was it absorbent. And I wouldn't go back. I said to mum, don't get me the other ones, get me the ones with wings. Wings were a lifesaver. And I actually use the always ones now with wings. And for a long time, I even bought them in bulk from Amazon, the nighttime ones, because my periods were so heavy that I could only wear nighttime ones. And I had to change them every couple of hours. And I couldn't wear tampons because not even the super plus ones could hold me for an hour. That's how heavy they were. And I'm like with you with tampons says I'm hyper aware of them they tell you're not supposed to feel them but it doesn't matter they say oh it's too it's not high up enough it doesn't matter how hard I tried I could not get it to the point that I couldn't feel it and um and yeah and at one point I was at work and I was wearing one and I flooded and I was wearing dark trousers thank goodness and we had washing machines and that at work so I managed to sort of stick tissue between my legs and walk around with my trousers on no no pants or whatever while they were in the wash oh I remember doing a similar thing it's just really embarrassing those moments isn't it it really is embarrassing (laughs) and um but um I when I said to my doctor and he said to me you you know you you need to take iron you need to take folic Mm. acid you're severely anemic um, I had a womb scan because they were worried I had fibroids and I didn't. They just said, well, your hormones are just all over the shot. So I said, how about taking the mini pill? And after six to eight months of just little bleeding and maybe the odd period, I haven't had a period for eight months. And now the product I go to is the all is still always, but it's the panty liners. Just I always wear them as a confidence just yeah. in case. Yeah. Because I don't feel secure unless I'm wearing them now. So it's kind of wired into me to always wear something. Yeah, I think that's another thing about periods is that you do feel very like aware of your surroundings. Of You know how you said that sometimes you feel something, you think, oh, my God, it's come through. Oh, my God, everyone's looking at me, you know, and you're not secure in how you feel. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's quite embarrassing, isn't it? Because even me, when I'm on period, when I get up, I always say to my sister, someone, check me, check, check, check behind, check, check. Yeah. check behind me it's and it's this whole huge. it's this whole paranoia thing isn't it so yeah. I I actually use both I don't know if anyone else does this I use both tampons and pads just to have that security yeah yeah I've heard it's people just, that still yeah. do that yeah yeah it's, it's just to have that security but my friend told me as well that if you don't put it high enough then you will feel it but I guess you know everybody's different and I didn't find out about all these medications that people can take for pain and stuff I think not not until about two three years ago I never knew that was even possible that Mm. when people have period pains because I think people don't know how bad it can get for some people Mm. you know like me I I don't get bad period pains but I know some people get really really bad yeah it was um, I think I've heard that the the muscles that squeeze the blood out are exactly the same ones that push a baby out so they're yeah contractions it's like you're having a contraction with a period it's literally yeah yeah (laughs) that's why that's why you know when I first had my my first born and my contractions were like um like period pains and I was like oh I can handle this (laughs) two hours later I was like no (laughs) oh god (laughs) 
Do you know what I was going to ask about as well is, I hate, I don't know if they call it this anymore, PMT. Do you remember? Mm. And then, when, oh, is it PMT? P- was it P- it? PMS? PMS, PMS yeah, it's PMS now. Yeah, so I was going to ask about PMS. So how do, because you see. But you know a lot of men, a lot of men. person, right? But you see, I, it's not even anger, I feel. I just get, I cry. Stress. I could watch an advert. <laughs> I could, <laughs> my son could just come in and smile at me and so like, <laughs> just cry all the time and be really emotional uh, and want chocolate. So, some, you know, some people think it's made up. Mm. I think, especially men. Mm. Yeah. They maybe. think, they I think, think that we can play up on. to it, like fake yeah. it or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, my husband knows it's a very real thing. <laughs> He's like, this is not the woman I married. She changes from month to month. <laughs> so, so girls, what about you? How has that ever affected your lives? I mean, like, um, it's really, really interesting because I know that it has a really affected life, just like with illness-wise. But then when it came to men, that was really a different story because I, I, I used to get so embarrassed, and I still get embarrassed about talking about periods to men, and. I have come over since I started to use a safety word and that safety word that I actually adopted from my cousin was lady time and I, I know it's actually sounds a bit like it's it's only just for a straight woman but it actually helps me to remind myself to say oh I would go that and then when I do tell that most of the men or not all of the men I came across in my life they actually said what's lady time and I thought Oh my god, no. So I had to like I just have to say it's the period and I feel quite embarrassed. Even with my ex, I was actually really surprised and he said, "You know what? I've got two sisters and a mum. You do not worry about period." But I said, "Darling, I just feel embarrassed. I don't really want to talk about it even though if it's important between like a man and all of that, I'm just like, "No, I can't. No." God bless you. Joe, he reminds me of my father-in-law. My father-in-law has got five daughters and um, he, nothing phases him. Nothing phases him. And um, if you could say to him, oh, dad, could you, um, you know, could you get me some panty liners while you're at work? And he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, it just doesn't, it just doesn't bother him. Um, but um, I know that sometimes men get a bit funny about it and everything. So I think one thing that a friend of mine called it was, um, oh, have you got the painters in? Was one um or yeah, um yeah and um because they use all these kind of euphemisms and I don't understand why we're shying away from it because it's part of not life I mean all that most mammals go through seasons and and ours is a bit horrific but, but sure. I tried to explain yeah. to the class I was saying you know like oh the boys are going why do we have to learn about this miss it's disgusting and I was like no you do need to learn about it because it's science yeah, and science, we have basically. to go through it we don't love yeah, it, it and it, you know for us and you know you need to understand what's going on with women and and those that did have sisters which is not and it's so funny though because when you think about it um you've got to like think about it because when I actually learned about the periods when I was in primary school all the boys and the girls always used to split uh, between like classrooms so one girls had to watch in one classroom and then the boys had to learn about puberty in the main hall which was a bit uh and then when I it came to secondary school, I went to a Catholic uh, secondary school as well, uh, which is like the same thing with the mainstream and the special educational needs department. And since they were very religious, the topic of reproduction and puberty and all of that 
it only focused on a little bit of it in science class not too much and i'm just like okay it's clearly you're not really educating me properly but then again with home and the learning support department was super helpful but if i can actually go back i wish i could say to my science teacher hey sir or miss can you actually teach me the proper education please yeah yeah, yeah. So, we're not trying to gross people out we're trying to educate people and, and say that this is yeah. real you know yeah. and looking back now on to you know it's too autistic women looking back onto your education um is there any support as autistic children uh, or that you feel that autistic children should have something different a different way like an inclusivity to to teach this to you know do you feel like there's something more that needs to be done to help children that are autistic or you know neurodiverse with this learning basically maybe um that it, we we used to have talks like with people like a lady from the Tampax company used to come and talk to us and stuff and it was about the facts but what about emotional support what about physical comfort say to say look if you're feeling like this you can do this um what can help with a the pain the like you said the scratchy feeling the um the, te- the temperature fluctuations what remedies can help so not just about what happens but physical comfort and uh mitigating of that sensory overload or could there be a like a a zen room somewhere where you can go where you're there's no stimulus where you can sit without any noise and try and block out all the other senses and then have a moment to yourself can there be somebody who is not only an autism specialist but an autism specialist who has education around sexual well-being um as well that that's that would have helped me a lot when I was at school oh wow it's actually quite interesting because I know I I know I've got a different aspect of mind of it but for me what really worked um because I do work with the the children at my job as well um it's mainly about like teamwork and just like to have like you know in the like in the mainstream schools you are like uh have like a bit of projects you go into different groups and you're given like things with like products and, and then you just have to do teamwork questions like what it is how does it make you feel like touching and looking at it would it make you feel uncomfortable just so learn about the emotions and the process but then also it's kind of like actually going through stuff also role play might be good as well because um when i used to study theater they always used to do like um small plays of like um like issues that like carry on really and i always thought something like that like i do like a group session or a drama session can help as well i think you're spot on there with the is the emotional sort of part of the learning as well because I know in the curriculum that I just taught we kind of it is there but it's not it is as I say it was more the science sort of stuff we do have like this a question box and I think this is you know this is the national curriculum so it is across the board uh, more or less the same in, in mainstream schools so yeah I think it's really interesting and you know how to maybe how that things could change now that you know this should be this more inclusivity for all students and encompassing you know everybody and actually some some different approaches maybe should be starting to be revised in the national curriculum i'm just going to change mm, the whole of the national curriculum here. <laughs> go on <laughs> with my team <laughs> um you know going forward i'm always looking at things and thinking actually mm. you know knowing my own children are neurodiverse thinking like actually 
Because mm. this is my child sitting in the class. Would they be able to access this in a mainstream school? Mm. And you know, this is an area, isn't it? That you know, that definitely there needs to be some sort of some sort of change in. Yeah. Mm. And uh, I think it's an area that we need to discuss even more because uh, even when I was trying to research, you know, about administration and, you know, disabilities and so on, there wasn't that much um, to go on, to be honest with you. No, and, yeah. and that's just it one wasn't. part, yeah. isn't it? Administration mm. is just one part of puberty yeah. that, um, you know, to discuss. Yeah. So, guys, we'd mm. love it if you come back on it and spoke to us more in detail about this. I'll tell you one funny thing before we, we wrap it up. When uh, <laughs> my husband's pretty good, right? He can go, he'll go to the shop and get me things. So, when the first time I sent him to the shop to get me some pads, right? And he rings me <laughs> from the shop and he said, Michelle. I was like, what? He said, what flavour do I get here? Flavour <laughs> <laughs> what? And he was like, <laughs> oh, that's killing orange. me. killed me. What are you talking about, flavours? And he was like, these pads you want, there's all different flavours. And I Oh, oh my god I would, I would have said peppermint and this poor Cherry. woman next to him was like he said this woman next to me just started really laughing I don't know what she's laughing at I was like you don't call them flavours <laughs> Oh my god! Bless oh <laughs> him. He went. He come back with it. It was all right. Oh. <laughs> At least he tried. But guys, where can we find you on social media? Well, I'm all over the shop. I'm Eriberry on uh, Instagram. Uh, I've got a Facebook page. I've, I'm on Twitter on, as Eriberry. I've got two YouTube channels: Eriberry and Eriberry True Crime. The main one, I'm not uploading so much now but I focus a lot on true crime on YouTube. So, uh, says Francis. Um, one on social media, and then just says Francis on YouTube brilliant oh thank you so much girls go and check out those accounts and we can't wait to have you back soon to talk more in the puberty yay let's do this (laughs) i'm all for this all for this (laughs) (laughs) thanks ladies